The circumstances in this case are very curious. In fact, they are highly mysterious, and if any legal issues should arise in respect of them, they are likely to yield some very remarkable complications. The gentleman who has disappeared, Mr. John Bellingham, is a man well known in archaeological circles. He recently returned from Egypt, bringing with him a very fine collection of antiquities, some of which, by the way, he has presented to the British Museum, where they are now on view. And having made this presentation, he appears to have gone to Paris on business. I may mention that the gift consisted of a very fine mummy and a complete set of tomb furniture. The latter, however, had not arrived from Egypt at the time when the missing man left for Paris, but the mummy was inspected on the 14th of October at Mr. Bellingham's house by Dr. Norbury of the British Museum in the presence of the donor and his solicitor, and the latter was authorised to hand over the complete collection to the British Museum authorities when the tomb furniture arrived, which he has since done. From Paris he seems to have returned on the 23rd of November and to have gone direct to Charing Cross to the house of a relative, a Mr. Hurst, who is a bachelor and lives at Eltham. He appeared at the house at twenty minutes past five, and as Mr. Hurst had not yet come down from town and was not expected until a quarter to six, he explained who he was and said he would wait in the study and write some letters. The housemaid accordingly showed him into the study, furnished him with writing materials, and left him. At a quarter to six, Mr. Hurst let himself in with his latch-key, and before the housemaid had time to speak to him, he had passed through into the study and shut the door. At six o'clock, when the dinner-bell was rung, Mr. Hurst entered the dining-room alone, and observing that the table was laid for two, asked the reason. "'I thought Mr. Bellingham was staying to dinner, sir,' was the housemaid's reply. "'Mr. Bellingham!' exclaimed the astonished host. "'I didn't know he was here. Why was I not told?' "'I thought he was in the study with you, sir,' said the housemaid. On this a search was made for the visitor, with the result that he was nowhere to be found. He had disappeared without leaving a trace— and what made the incident more odd was that the housemaid was certain that he had not gone out by the front door, for since neither she nor the cook was acquainted with Mr. John Bellingham, she had remained the whole time either in the kitchen, which commanded a view of the front gate, or in the dining-room, which opened into the hall opposite the study door. The study itself has a French window opening on a narrow grass plot, across which is a side gate that opens into an alley, and it appears that Mr. Bellingham must have made his exit by this rather eccentric route. At any rate, and this is the important fact, he was not in the house, and no one had seen him leave it. After a hasty meal, Mr. Hurst returned to town and called at the office of Mr. Bellingham's solicitor and confidential agent, Mr. Jellicoe, and mentioned the matter to him. Mr. Jellicoe knew nothing of his client's return from Paris, and the two men at once took the train down to Woodford, where the missing man's brother, Mr. Godfrey Bellingham, lives. 
the servant who admitted them, said that Mr. Godfrey was not at home, but that his daughter was in the library, which is a detached building situated in a shrubbery beyond the garden at the back of the house. Here the two men found not only Miss Bellingham, but also her father, who had come in by the back gate. Mr. Godfrey and his daughter listened to Mr. Hurst's story with the greatest surprise, and assured him that they had neither seen nor heard anything of John Bellingham.